views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Thank you, Jacko, and welcome to 442FM, the morning after the Socceroos beat Costa Rica. Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Aidan Ormond, the editor of 442 magazine, and joining me at the back of 442's offices, in amongst all of these cardboard boxes, is Kevin Ayres. Arriba, arriba. Yeah, how are you going? Oh, you caught me mid-slapper tea there. Uh, I'm very well, I'm very well. All the better for a decent performance from the Socceroos last night. Well, I mean, I guess we should just uh, really have this first section as uh, totally devoted to the Socceroos, and we'll talk about A-League in, a, in the next section. Um, so, Kev, here we are the morning after. Um, have you had time to digest roughly what we saw last night? Um, overall, um, uh, out of ten, how would you give the performance? I think, you know, we're probably up about uh, seven uh, performance. I mean, there was definitely room for uh, improvement. There's no doubt about that. But having said that, the overall attitude was so much better. You could see the mood on the, the field. Heads were up. Uh, there was uh, an attacking mentality uh, and uh, just an attempt to, to play decent football. Interestingly enough, that's pretty much what uh, Ange Postacoglu said himself after the match. We've had a chat with him. Here's a, a snippet of what he was saying. Something I'm not happy with, but I want us to be better next time. So it was, it was good, and it was a good starting point, but we've got to build. And, uh, you know, when we get together in March, I've said to the players that, you know, we can't drop below this standard now. We, we, we've got to get better. And, you know, we didn't have the fluency tonight that, that, that we're hopefully going to get as we go along because, you know, we've changed the system, we've changed our, the manner in which we play. Um, but the intent was always there. The players tried to play football. They tried to play through the lines. They tried to take up the positions we wanted them to take up. And um, as I said, when it didn't work out, the, back, you know, the, the backdrop was that they just worked their socks off to get the ball back. And so it was great. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I thought it was uh, clearly from the kickoff a, a more dynamic Socceroos. That was to do with basically Ange's philosophy, but also the players on the park. Um, and you could see early on what they wanted to do. It wasn't a perfect performance, as we've said with a lot of the players who spoke to us after the game. Um, a lot of these players haven't played together very much at all. In fact, I think uh, you know one comment after the game really resonated, which was these players should have had should already have had 20 or 30 caps by now. They're into their you know, first five caps, shall we say. And we're talking about the, the, the newer guys, obviously, not the older guys. So, um, yeah, we're heading in the right direction. Uh, are we going to be ready for Brazil? Well, that's the challenge. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, you know, I think um, the way things are looking, and I've said this before, I still think Brazil is going to be the... Um, a Sorry, that was my text going off. That's what that vibration noise was. Um, the uh, I think the this really is all just part of the campaign for Asian Cup. To be honest, uh, the, the World Cup we just don't have enough time. We don't have enough games. I'd love to think that you know Ange can do miracles and uh, craft a great side. I mean, he, he you could see his influence and his effect already just from. Uh, the, the one week that he's had the boys in camp, but I just don't feel he's got enough time to really make an impact at the World Cup. Uh, come the Asian Cup, though, it's going to be a whole different story, I think. Um, interestingly enough, though, uh, Ange was asked whether uh, fans should start getting carried away by, with, on a wave of optimism uh, from uh, what we saw last night, and uh, this is what he said. Let him get carried away. Yeah, before, like I said, before I took the job, I... 
I, I don't think we're about talking ourselves down. I mean, I, I'm not afraid. If I'm not afraid, I think anyone else should because ultimately I'd be the one that, uh, if we don't make uh, you know, uh, giant strides ahead, I'm the one that's going to take that responsibility. So I'm not afraid. So I, I said at the start of the week I wanted to leave this camp with belief in the group and belief in the nation that we're, we're, we're going you know, to be... Uh, we're going to be better moving forward, so that's okay. If it raises people's expectations, it's great. Uh, I certainly got high expectations, so I, I, I want everyone else to as well. Very unholger-like comments there from Ange. It's just so refreshing to have you know come into a press conference where we've won and one the co- uh, the uh, the manager is not acting like the cock of the north because he's got a, a win under his belt and then two he's not then talking down the team and talking down expectations even still despite that afterwards uh it's refreshing you know um Ange talks to the floor a lot he he tends not to hold eye contact whether it's with a, a group of people or with uh, a one-on-one interview when he becomes Ange the coach it's a whole different story. Uh, there's two different Ange people, I think. Uh, but, you know, he's actually, he's a very humble, introverted, not shy, but confident man. Mm. Uh, you know, it is a, an unusual mix. It, it is. Not too many people like that, I've No, met. but, uh, you know, he is, he's, he's two different personalities as well. I think uh, he said that in an interview with us recently. So we've spent time with him one-on-one, where we, you photographed and I did the interview. Then we've done a photo shoot with the Socceroos last Friday. So we've got a feeling of what's going on inside the camp, and it's definitely positive. Um, is there anything more that Ange has got to say that you have lined up? Yeah, I mean, uh, I asked him uh, about who he's thought his standouts were from the game and uh, this is me actually asking the question I think look, I, I, be hard for me to, to sort of stand out but I, look the two fullbacks were fantastic you know I think the whole back four you know that's an area we've had some issues with uh, leading into this game kind of chopped and changed but you know, Matty Ryan the back four were fantastic but then you know I'll, I'll go. I'll end up naming everyone because, like I said, the the, the work ethic, uh, Millay and and Millsy in the middle just controlled it really well from a defensive point of view, and you know got forward and you know the, the three guys up front really mobile and dangerous you know all the time, and they'll get better. You know the likes of Matty Leckie and and Dario. I mean, Cruz is a quality player, and and then you got Tommy Rogic, the two Tommies who came on. So there was plenty of positives tonight. I guess from my perspective, it's about making sure that. The positives we've got out of tonight are, 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 are better next time, and we don't just uh, you know get complacent and settle for that. That's the trademark Postecoglou, though. You know, we we can get better. We will always. Well, get better. we will get better, I think, uh, Kev, and that's what he always wants to do. He doesn't want to set limits on on anything. He just wants to get better and better and better. But he just look. He, he touched on Tommy Rogic. Um, I don't think Tommy, in the twenty odd minutes that he was on the pitch, actually sprinted without the ball. Mm. Um, so what he does, he's, uh, he, he conserves energy. If you watch him, which I did, he doesn't sprint when he hasn't got the ball. He kind of floats, looking for spaces in between the lines, looking for little balls here and there. But when he gets the ball, and he's so elegant, 
That's when he takes off. He's How? like an he's like an express train when he goes. Uh, I mean, there is so much energy and force behind. Well, him. not a Sydney express train because they don't go with a lot of energy. They don't Kevin, exist. You need to qualify they don't exist. that. Sorry, yeah, I'm talking about an interstate express train. Yes, you're talking about like a, a Japanese, maybe, maybe a bullet train. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's a, like he's like a bullet train. He does. He just you yeah. know the momentum and impetus that there is behind him. You don't want to get in his way, and you know it, it's such. It is actually quite an intimidating thing to watch and to be. A defender trying to stop that yeah. would actually scare the hell out of me, yeah. to be honest. Uh, and he's such a nice, gentle guy yeah. <laughs> off the field as well. I, I love the idea of a defence looking at this giant Rogic and this tiny little Tommy Orr coming at them <laughs> at equal speed. I think it's fascinating. Um, yeah, he was one, obviously, that caught the eye, but I'm sure that Ange had a lot more to say. Well, actually, Ange was uh, singled out uh, Tommy Rog- Rogic for his own comments. The only reason I didn't start him tonight is he just can't play 90 minutes at the moment. But uh, I've said before the camp that he's a, he's a special player and uh, we need him playing and... Uh, they'll be part of the task leaving this camp is to try and um, you know find out how we can get him some game time because he's going to be an important player not just at this World Cup but you know for the next couple of World Cups you know he's you saw him tonight he you know when he runs at people he's just um, you know he excites everyone he excites the crowd and I think he excites his teammates and uh, so you know we need him playing and I was pleased that we got him half an hour tonight uh, but I think the one thing that I really took away from the match was the depth and the quality we have actually got. And it's the thing that Holger and Pim before him all always tried to downplay, that we didn't have that quality, we didn't have the second tier. And he used his entire bench last night, uh, as far as he could. He, he had to leave Wilco and mm. uh, Langerek on the bench. Um, but, you know, the entire... Every single person there put in 150%, even Lucas Neal. Uh, you know, it was just a display of how much quality we do have, and we've still got more that didn't get a call-up. Mm. So many other players that, you know, we, we could call up, not the not the veterans, I mean, ignoring people like Wiltshire, uh, who, you know, may yet fight their way back into the team. But there are other young players as well that some people would champion to, to get a look in. Rukovitsia wasn't there last night. Uh, James Troisi wasn't there. Absolutely. Uh, so, the, you know, we really do have an awful lot of quality. We've got an awful lot of depth. We have no time to test it. Mm. That's my biggest concern out of all of it. Um, the thing with uh, Matt Ryan and um, a Mitch Lanarak was an interesting situation. I know we've got a chat with uh, Mitch Matt? Matty uh, coming up, but uh, just before I do we play that one, play Ange just explaining the situation from his perspective. Look, there wasn't much between them. They were both outstanding at training. Um, I guess uh, you know, Matty's been playing a little bit more regularly and... And you know, the way we want to play, he's, he's just so good with his feet and he's so good coming off his line that you know, I, I decided to go with him. The original plan was to give them Mitch some time tonight, but we had a couple of injuries during the night, so that sort of uh, disrupted our you know, substitutions. But look, again, two fantastic young goalkeepers and uh, I know they'll be pushing each other, uh, not just uh, for this World Cup, but beyond. And you know, neither of them will be able to get complacent as number one, knowing the other one's breathing down his neck. So that's a salient point, Kev, about the two goalkeepers. They're very similar in age. I know Mitchell is actually uh, slightly older than, than Matty, but they will push each other for the next two World Cup campaigns beyond Brazil, uh, being the age of 20 or so and 24. So we're very lucky, I think. Oh, we and are. Langerak will inevitably become a regular number one over time at some club. Yeah, yeah. If not 
Borussia Dortmund. I mean, I think uh, there is going to be an ongoing struggle. I can't see either of them being. A, it's much tighter, closer than, uh, say, Spider and Schwarzer was ever yeah. was. And then Schwarzer was daylight with almost mm. everybody else apart after that. Yeah. Uh, so I think it is going to be nip and tuck between the two. Uh, Ange, I didn't bother including this, but Ange is still torn between doing them on rotation. Uh, and uh, giving one an extended mm. run, I'm not quite sure which one which works best. But it, yeah, I think he has actually got a habit of giving goalkeepers uh, extended runs. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think particularly clubs. given that we don't have much time, and I asked Matty Ryan about this after the game that we don't have a lot of time, so it it is actually better that we go with one keeper um, because he's really effectively got three or four maximum before we go into the group stage of a, of a World Cup. Um, so yeah, we had a quick chat to Matty after the game Obviously very excited And he was happy to just keep a clean sheet And this is what he had to say in the post-match presser Sheet and three points Well, we can say a win uh, You've got to be happy with that Yeah, uh, as, a, as a team we're, we're very happy with the result And the performance tonight uh, A lot of positives to take out of it A lot of stuff to learn and to build on And uh, we look forward to, to getting together next time And uh, hopefully improving again You must have been proud you know, being the number one keeper tonight And you weren't subbed off as well I mean, it must be a great moment for you personally, given the walk-ups just around the corner. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was thankful for the opportunity tonight in the game. And, um, yeah, uh, a clean sheet, like you said. Defensively, we were very good. Uh, with the ball, I thought we did some positive things. And um, I just tried to, to do every action that I was involved in to the best I could. There's a few things... Probably in the communication a little bit. It was probably a bit lacking there in the beginning. But, um, but that's understandable given it's a new unit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to take time for, for players to gel together. Obviously, it's obviously I'm very new uh, within uh, the playing, the starting 11 team also. Uh, hopefully, um, I'll get an opportunity to, to work on that and build on that in the in the near future. Manny, was the, was the plan before the game for you to play a full game? Is that how it is? Did they say that before the game? Uh, I mean... Ange's reputation is uh, obviously is very serious about his, about his job and professional. Um, we didn't really know who who was going to be playing this game until the, the meeting this morning. He just put the team lineup uh, on the board, and um, that's as much as I knew. And just obviously addressed everyone that how how they want us to play. And um, yeah, I mean there was no instructions on how long I was going to play or or, or whatnot. I was just uh, I was happy to do the job for however long it may be. And the new Socceroos tonight, isn't it? The way we play, it's the new version. Do you, does that feel the same way for you? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, uh, uh, Ian's coming in with his philosophy uh, clearly evident out there in the way we played. Uh, I think we probably had a pass mark for our first uh, first game of, in terms of what he expected from us. But in saying that, there's a long way to go. Uh, we're building for the World Cup and uh, we've got a, a lot of ground to make up on, on other nations and there's no denying that. But um, Yeah, that's Matty Ryan. Stops mid-sentence. Yes. <laughs> he just ran off. <laughs> just legged it. Yeah. Had enough. Bored now. Bye. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think uh, he put in a clean sheet. You know, uh, I'm not sure. Did he make an actual save? I don't think he did. I don't Costa Rica didn't really yeah, offer I'm much not sure going forward. And they did disappoint me. And yeah, the game I mean, overall disappointed me a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't uh, a great game. It wasn't. I'm surprised we saw so little of Fernandez and Cunningham, to be honest, coming mm. off the bench. I just thought they would have been starters just because they'd be fresher uh, from the, the travel. But, however, 
Um, it was on the strength side as well. Uh, and I think but, that's the, the Costa Rican coach whose name escapes me. Jorge, Jorge Pinto. Yeah, the diminutive Jorge Pinto. Um, it was apparently very, very clear in the presser that he was short on players and made it absolutely clear that this wasn't his strongest side. He wasn't a big fan of the referee either, which I, I must admit I found a bit strange, to be honest. The referee did allow a lot more to go on than I would normally have expected from an Asian referee. Not well, it was a, very, very strict. Yeah, he was a friendly, what I call a friendly referee yeah. for a friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a few rough tackles going in, though, that, uh, that certainly in the first half hour, I felt, I'm surprised I didn't see at least uh, a booking or, uh, you know, at least a free kick for some of them. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I thought, look, yeah, I think it happens everywhere when you're playing a dynamic game of football, both sides trying to play that way. That's going to happen. But, um, I mean, overall, Kev, um, we've spoken about how, uh, you know, it's a step in the right direction. We've got to talk about Lucas, though. Um, Lucas was involved in some sort of uh, controversy as well as, I mean, firstly, the game itself. I thought he was rock solid. Um, I have to say, you know, I said beforehand, this should be his farewell. And if they'd announced it as his farewell, he'd have got a rosing reception. Thanks for your service. Great, great man. Uh, But... He's still persisting in being captain. That said... Well, no, he he's be... not persisting. He's been told to be captain by his, his manager, and he's, ta- he's taken the, uh, the option. He's, he's not taken the option to retire. Well, he hasn't been asked to retire. You don't ask to retire. Schwartz wasn't asked to retire. No, I'm saying that he didn't... He wasn't asked to retire, now. That's what I'm saying. No, but, I mean, he, he, he ha- always has the option to retire. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm saying, if he had exercised that option to retire, he would have got a great rising reception. Yes, I'm no doubt about that. Uh, no doubt. Everybody would have been on his side. Big salute. Thanks for all your service. Mm. Great, great man. Um, he put in a sterling effort tonight, uh, and on the basis of that effort, I can't see a reason to drop him in the next game, mm. apart from the previous uh, uh, run of form and the fact that he's no longer got a club again. Mm. Has he? Well, his club, have you heard, his club's had an extraordinary season. I don't know whether you heard about Omiya Adija. I was talking to Scott McIntyre after the game. An extraordinary season they've had. They were nearly get well. They were, they were at the top at top. one stage, yeah. And I think they lost sixteen games in a row. Yeah. Lucas came in during that period of time, and the club's in absolute chaos. Luckily, they're not going to get relegated because of some bizarre situation of having won so many games early on in the season that you lose sixteen, but you just manage to hold on. Uh, long story short, he's still playing for them at the moment, but we don't know where he's going to be playing next season. Um, but the younger players, obviously, I was watching Lucas for a while, and I think you were watching him as well. He was really, really on his game in terms of keeping everybody organised, and the younger lads, Jason Davidson, particularly saying how much they appreciated having somebody like that, particularly when what happened with Jason, which I think we've got on uh, another little um, audio link that we've got that you know, he had a little bit of an issue with a potential uh, own goal in the first half, and Lucas kind of calmed him down and also spoke to him at half time as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, th- th- that's the sort of thing that uh, people look to for the captain. Mm. What we don't look to for a captain is what he did previously, which was blame the young players for not having enough spirit or, mm. or heart. Uh, and you know that that's really disappointing, and that's not the sort of thing you expect from the captain. What you also don't expect from the captain is the outburst towards the end of the match when mm. apparently he turned around and said, "Who the are you booing?" Mm. Uh, the one thing about Lucas is he's a sponsor's wet dream. He is the a great corporate man, very well presented, very well spoken, very intelligent. 
Unfortunately, that was caught on uh, ABC's radio's microphones, and uh, there's no escaping. You know, they, they, you can't hide from that. It's really unusual. Mm. Um, afterwards, uh, Ange said that you know uh, he was surprised uh, Lucas hadn't spat the dummy much earlier because he's been under such intense scrutiny and pressure recently. Um, I, do you think that's uh, an excuse? Well, look, I, I don't think you should be swearing at your own supporters if they're booing you because they pay their money. I'm surprised that it happened because I actually only found out about that in the presser when somebody asked the question, and mm-hmm. which we have on, on on an audio file here with Lucas. So um, no, I don't think I don't think a captain should be doing that. I don't think anyone should be doing that because, frankly, you shouldn't even be worrying about if people are booing you or or not. It's you should be focusing on the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you would... I, mean, I didn't even hear the boos. I must admit, I didn't hear them either. And I think, you know, there could be a bit of confusion as well because I've got a funny feeling that some of it might have been directed towards Carlos Hernandez just because of former yeah, there was. victory there, player. Yes, yeah, I mean, it could, it could be it that. Could, it could have been a simple misunderstanding. Yeah, I know that when Carlos was warming up, there was a lot of boos. Yeah. And basically, there was a lot of boos sort of whenever he kind of touched the ball, which wasn't very often. Mm. So it potentially could have been that. Yeah. You're, you're right. I didn't think about that. I, I just unless I he heard something specific, but we shouldn't possible, be taking you know, that much it, notice of the crowd. But either anyway. way, you know, um, you just switch off. Yeah. Surely you, you you block that stuff out. Yeah. I mean, Robbie's. Uh, it's it's not a. I, I think for the most part, it's not a good thing to boo players. But by the same token, if a fan feels so aggrieved that he feels he can he should be booing a player, then mm. you got to look at that fan's behaviour or uh, performances to wonder why, you know, you're getting that kind of reaction out of fans. But, I mean, overall, it's extremely tame in this country Absolutely. compared to South America. Yeah. But I think you could be right about the Carlos Hernandez booing. He may have interpreted that as being, um, you know, obviously Sydney FC and victory. There's a whole... Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, it was Carlos Hernandez and Sydney FC's territory. So, yeah, you know, exactly, potentially yeah. Yeah. it could have been an issue or it could, yeah. could well have just been Lucas. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, to be fair, his performance last night didn't deserve booing. No, no, I thought uh, he was rock solid. Absolutely. Particularly in the early uh, stages of the game, Kevin, when um, Jednak gave away the ball about three times in the opening ten minutes. Put us under pressure. Uh, Lucas was there to steady the ship. Um, three times we kind of lost the ball and we kind of a little bit, uh, not ragged, but we just we were scrambling a little bit. Lucas was perfectly positioned in those situations. And, uh, yeah, I think he showed last night what he can give us. Whether or not he lasts till the World Cup, well, Captain Wilco is still on the bench. Yeah. Um, Reese had a great job. Um, and I was, I was looking forward to seeing Mitchell play as well. I think I'm a big fan of Langeray. But yeah. um, you've got to give it to Matty Ryan, you know, playing regularly in, oh, look, in Europe. You know, uh, a clean and, sheet. And a series of clean sheets yeah. uh, at, you know, the top elite level in uh, Belgium. So mm. you can't look, look beyond that. Yeah. Uh, I think Jacko uh, in, in one of our podcasts earlier this year was questioning Matt's height. Um, it, I don't think he's. I don't think he's that short, is he? I don't think it really. So long as he, if he's keeping clean sheets, mm. it's not an issue. <laughs> I think yeah. that's about. He line. can be Tommy Orr, as far as we're concerned. Preci- you can be a gnome if you can keep clean sheets. Yeah. It doesn't matter, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Uh, the, the the proof is in the pudding, uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, just talking about uh, the back line, we also had, of course, the incident with uh, Jason Davidson. Davidson, yes. Uh, here's what uh, Ange made of it. You know, he's he's a young left back who's playing in the Dutch first division, and uh, you know, for a country that's been crying out for a left back, he's definitely um, shown great promise, and he'll get better. And you know, we'll give him the confidence. I thought him and Ivan were immense tonight as fullbacks because. 
you know, we, we kind of analysed Costa Rica and their strengths were down the flanks. The opposition fullbacks, they love to get their fullbacks forward. They love to isolate uh, the opposition fullbacks. And I thought those two were just brilliant tonight and not getting beaten. And then going the other way, uh, proving dangerous themselves. So that was uh, Ange. And uh, should we hear what Jason's own verdict on the game was? I saw your dad play on this ground 23 years ago for the Socceroos against Israel, I think from memory, and I've seen him play many times. So it was a great feeling to see another Davidson out in the park. How did it feel for you tonight? First home game for the Socceroos? Yeah, it was a great feeling um, to be on Australian soil and to to play and um, just trying to do my dad and my family proud and um, to do the the Aussie public proud. And I'm just glad that first game on home soil, we got the win. How did you feel you went in that left-back role? Because it's been a troublesome uh, position for the national team. How do you think you went? I thought I did quite well. Um, I've been playing week in, week out at clubs, so it's just that transition into the soccer has been quite easy because I'm match fit and I've been playing week in, week out, so I just try to bring that the confidence that I have at club and bring it into the soccer and uh, try to give give the soccer something to offer at the left-back. It's not easy, though, because you've got a new goalkeeper behind you yeah. and kind of like a new central pairing as well. How, how do you think that went as a unit? I thought I thought we showed the Aussie public tonight a, a fresh Socceroos um, team and a team that really wanted to push forward and um, play some football and be aggressive. And um, Matty Ryan being fantastic, he was fantastic today. He could play great football with his feet and also in his hands. He saved us a couple of times. And um, playing with Reese Williams is a fantastic play, and having him behind me was, I think we've gelled from the very start, even when I, before this camp. We've always had a great friendship off the pitch, and on the pitch, I think we've gelled very well. And Lucas as well, having him there as well, how was that? I think, you know, Lucas has been captain for a long time, and he brings a lot of experience to the game. So having him there just to have some wisdom as well. So he's got a lot, I think he's got a few quick boys around him, so we try to help each other out, so we help him out, you know, covering him. The old and master. The old master. And, you know, he helps us out and tells us, you know, when we have to move forward or just watch our back. And in the first half, I thought, and I, I gave a few balls away, a little bit of sloppiness. Um, and he had a word to me and just tried to give me confidence back. the nearly went past Yeah, the, yeah the, 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 strike, the strike actually kicked me in the nose. I started bleeding. Um, so he kind of kicked the ball into my head and that... So that's what happened. So, but Lucas, so mark, yeah, yeah, Lucas, Lucas spoke to me at halftime and just said, you know, you're doing a week in week out at clubs, so just be confident and in the second half show them what you got. And I thought I did pretty well in the second half. And of course, we got the win, which is always good. Uh, do you think we deserved it? Yeah, I think we deserved it. I think if you're going to look at the replays, we, we predominantly had more chances than them. So um, I think we played better football today as well. And you, you could see out there, I think the Socceroos were more hungry for that win and to show mm-hmm. the Aussie public what we're all about and that we, we want to do well and um, to get all the all this public behind us and uh, hopefully have a good World Cup. And in summary, uh, Jason, it's the end of a, a week. Uh, of camp and now the game. How do you think it's all come, come together? I think it's gone fantastic. The boss, the new boss, Ange, Ange has done very well. He's brought in all the boys and uh, I think we gelled quite well. It suited us that we didn't play two games. I think yeah. I think it was, a, it was a wise decision to play that week game on the Tuesday and have that extra week yeah. to just gel. We had a new philosophy. We have a new um, game style. So I think that week really helped us to for the boys to gel and, um, and I'm just happy that the end result tonight was um, a win. The very, uh, the very erudite uh, Jason Davidson. He's talkative, isn't he? He loves a chat. And well, look, I mean, it's a fantastic story. His father, Alan Davidson, one of the great Socceroos, 
one of the first generation of Aussie-born uh, players to come through after uh, many of our players were national team players who were from Britain and other parts of the world. And he was the first player, his father was the first player I saw who was technically gifted and rock hard as well. So it's lovely to see this transition uh, into the national team in the same position as well. Yeah, we um, saw the two of them together in the uh, Socceroos Hotel on yes, Friday, didn't we? yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, good thing to yeah. see. Good thing and look, to see. yeah, it was a nervous start by him, but I think he grew into the game. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference again would have been uh, Holger or Pim probably would have hiked him at half time. Yeah, yeah, uh, if not I before. Think, yeah, to be honest, yeah. and you know, destroyed his confidence yet again. And took a very under the circumstances because of that first half glitch. Uh, took a, quite a brave stance to leave him on there. Could have and put he, Zula on easily. Exactly, yeah. uh, and it paid so much dividends uh, for yeah. the down the line. We're going to reap the rewards for that. If that builds up his confidence, Lucas Neal's, you know, words, it's such a simple thing, but, you know, you do it week in, week out, just carry on doing what you normally exactly. do. Yeah. Just put just your reinforcing just reinforces, that message. Yeah. Like, Totally. Right, love it. Yeah. Good to so, hear. So look, you know, it's, it's overall. I mean, overall, I think on the pitch it was really good. Off the pitch, I thought the crowd was a bit quiet, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it wasn't well, a great. Uh, look, it wasn't a great game, and it was a friendly, but it didn't seem to have much of a vibe. I think we the, the, there is a, a problem with the home end. Essentially, I mean, we we lost the green and gold army because they were moving into being mainly just a travel operator now. Uh, and Terrace Has there ever been any national team that's had its supporter base move into corporate travel? <laughs> I just never have heard that before. Uh, Scotland did actually did something very similar at 20 Not that it's anything wrong. Right. I think it's a great idea, but I just think it's a bizarre it thing. It is quite strange, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're right, it was, it was quite... I mean, Terrace Australis has had some issues with the uh, A-League events, which is keeping certain supporter groups out of uh, the organisation of mm. that. Uh, and yeah, it just was all a bit flat, uh, disappointing. You know, Costa Rica was, you know, it, it's a strong side in terms of FIFA rankings, but it's not one of the exciting uh, emotional sides you're going to get emotional about and attached and yeah. say you have to go out and see. And it's Sydney, you know, the, the theatre goes crowd, it's got to be must, they've got to be something they can talk to somebody over the water cooler the next day and say they did this. Yeah. And the other person's got to be jealous about it. And if they're not jealous about it, then there's no point yeah, in mentioning and, it. And if there's no point in mentioning it, there's no point in doing it. Yeah. So, so they don't do it. So it's got to be Brazil or Argentina on a Saturday night and we play superbly. Yeah, pretty them. much. Pretty much. You know. I mean, the, the sad thing is, and I know the reasons were done for surely for logistics and, you know, uh, to set up a good camp. If that had been in Perth, if that had been in Adelaide, it would have been a blockbuster crowd. Everybody would have been really happy about it. And these uh, cities would be <laughs> grateful, in quotes, for having had a, a mm. Socceroos match. Sydney, meh. <laughs> I, I think I spoke to um, David Galb about this a uh, few months ago, and I think it is clearly a financial issue. The state governments of these various uh, yeah. states need to come to the party. Having said that, imagine NIB Stadium... Uh, even on a Tuesday night, I think you would have got an absolute full crowd. Now, that's 15 to 20, which is roughly what we got in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, there was uh, allegedly 20 there, but... Uh, didn't the, feel like it. Didn't feel like yeah. it at all. Maybe it was because it was a little quiet, but uh, I think NIB, I think we were having a bit of uh, uh, Twitter banter with Jason Brewer from uh, Perth Glory about this. Mm. And, yeah, look, I, I would love to see it in Perth. I'd love to see it at Hindmarsh. I'd love to see it at Suncorp. Uh, but it didn't happen. But having said that, it is what it is in Sydney, and we know what we're going to get in Sydney. Let's hope this Terrace Australis situation gets sorted out. I'm sure those fans who go to Brazil will be absolutely, uh, you know, fully supportive of the team, but just here we need a little bit more. Yeah. 
Talking of going to uh, Brazil, though, I think one man that will definitely be there is Tommy Orr. And mm. how good. I mean, I know Timmy Cahill got in the end off it and put it away and maybe got a little bit lucky with the rebound off the defender. But, you know, he still had to be there. But how good was the corner that mm. came in? It was a wonderful ball, up high, looping, big parabolic curve. I'm just waiting for you to say the word. What? Awesome. There you yeah, go. It's, it's, yeah, it's you embarrassed him at the photo shoot by saying it as well. <laughs> I didn't even realise I was doing it. As soon as it, I mean, the words came out of your mouth, I was like, oh, man. So I was like, yeah, I've never heard that one before. Yeah, awesome. But he had a good chat with us after the game. He is another very well-spoken soccer and this is what he had yeah. to say. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought we played really well and we took the game to them, so we didn't let them get into any rhythm or let them settle on the ball. We were always uh, yeah, putting a lot of pressure on them and um, yeah, I think it was a really positive game and yeah, really really good from us. What did Ange say at half-time? What was the message? Yeah, obviously in the first half everybody worked really hard and um, yeah, we, I thought we played fantastically. And I thought all the boys from the front, Maddie Leckie and everyone, yeah, really put a lot of pressure on them and um, yeah, we were very dangerous going forward. And, um, I guess at half time he said uh, just sort of show a little bit more composure in front of the goal and I guess luckily for us Timmy was there to do that at the end so. Were you disappointed not to start tonight? Of course everybody wants to play every game um, yeah but obviously I respected the coach's decision and um, Dario played very well as well so um, yeah I think that that's the good thing about our team at the moment we have a, a lot of competition for places so nobody's really getting complacent so yeah, that's, that's a really did good he, thing Did he explain it to you? No 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 um, yeah but I guess, yeah, when you look at the other boys that are on the bench, on the bench too, like Timmy and those boys, obviously, yeah, obviously, yeah, we had a very, um, yeah, st- strong squad, and, and the boys that played, went, from, went out from the beginning played very well, so um, I think all in all, um, yeah, it was a good game, and yeah, that's it. Really. Have you strengthened your position in the squad, do you think, after tonight? Um... Yeah, well, I think I think everybody that was in camp did. Um, if, you, if you saw the intensity of the training and the level uh, that we reached, and yeah, I thought it was great, and we uh, we were able to carry that into tonight's game. So I think everybody that was involved in the camp, um, yeah, I guess will uh, will think highly of at the moment. I got to ask you about Jason because he started the game and he could have almost had known goal. How, yeah. how was he feeling at half time? Did you notice anything? No, well, obviously, um, yeah, I think yeah, Jason played very well, and obviously, it's always nerve wracking at the start of these games. Um, yeah, and I guess I thought he carried himself very well and um, once he got into the game he got more confident on the ball and it showed and yeah, I thought he had a good game. How many games do you think we need, Tommy, before the World Cup? Because I don't think we have too many. Yeah. How many would you like to see? Yeah, well obviously that's out of our control and um, I guess if, if you see how far we've come in a week uh, we're confident that with six months preparation we can be yeah really yeah fit and ready for the World Cup and surprise a lot of people. So um, although this week was positive, I guess this is where the hard work really starts. Yeah. Well, so, so he is confident that we will be ready for the World Cup. Obviously, he would say that. But um... oh, look, I, I think we will be ready. I just don't think we'll be at our best. Uh, you know, uh, but I think that's testimony to you know how good we can potentially be. But uh, I just think it's going to take more time than we're mm. we're going to have available to us. We've only got that's us now until March, mm. uh, and then it's going to be a last minute dash. Presumably, there'll be one in March. Won't be one in April, end of the season in May, and then it'll be training camp from the end of May, end of the seasons. Where we have a, I think last time we played USA in South Africa, from memory. I think we'll probably try and squeeze in yeah. at least two, if not three. We'll have a farewell match in yes. probably Melbourne, you would think. Yeah, usually Melbourne, yeah. So we're looking at maximum maybe what, four games, maximum. 
Uh, maybe say five. Maybe we could yeah. maybe squeeze. And in then five. three in the group stage. We'll maybe by the end of the group stage, we'll kind of be sort of like. Uh, oh, by the time we get, by time we finish the group stage, we'll just be hitting our straps. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. But it might be too late by then. Just one thing about Josh Kennedy, who came on late in the game. Um, you know, he's he, he. We know what he can do, but does he really suit a team that plays like we did, where we had Rogic, who was playing balls in? I think at one point he played a ball in, and, and Josh was chasing the ball. That's not Josh's game. No, but um, Josh's know, game is the other way. Yeah, but Josh really laps that other game up because I, I think he is always. To be honest, it was a failing of his for uh, a good few games where he was trying too hard to be the big man who was good with his feet. Uh, whereas what we needed was somebody who was just a big man who would knock it in the back of the net, like he is so good at doing. Um, and he didn't do it. Uh, but last night, that was, I mean, that ball that Rogic played into was just beautiful. And he's quick. You know, th- there was a lot of pace uh, on Kennedy to, to get to that ball. Uh, and it was only the, the last da- mm. dash uh, sliding tackle that denied him. Mm. Otherwise, he was going to unleash, and it looked for all money uh, to be a certain goal mm. I still feel in Andrew's system that, that Josh is the sub option late in the game yeah um, I, I think that's probably true um, but lucky starting last what, night what surprised me was Cahill was the, the, there on the bench as well so I mean yeah, it's a, it, you're then getting into the yeah. goose hitting all or nothing uh, yeah. bench where uh, if, if still not scored with 70 minutes to go, just throw on every striker yeah. that has ever. But also, I think when Timmy, when Timmy came on, like have we uh, did seem to go high ball very often. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. Well, I mean that's how Timmy works. That that's what works. Yeah. Uh, you know, 90% of his goals, and he's got such a fabulous scoring record, have been headers. And if you want to learn how to head like Timmy Kale, go to 442 Performance, because we've just uh, done an interview with Timmy, and he's revealed his secrets on how to head. Does it ball. involve his head? It involves his head, it involves his mind, ah. and it involves his elevation. That involves his arms. I'm not going to tell you too much, but it is really interesting to talk to him yeah. um, about how he heads the ball so well. And a lot of it's up here. Yeah. And here. I'm pointing to my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. useful when it's a podcast. It is, yeah. Um, now, tell me about uh, the downsides to last night. What Did, what, did you see any weaknesses? <sighs> downsides? I think that obviously the, the downsides are that a lot of the players are still getting used to playing with each other. We saw that in the first half. Yeah. Um, any downsides? I'd have liked to have seen Franich pushing up higher. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, he was given a big rap by Ange after the game, but I just thought that, he, that for whatever reason he wasn't able to really burst through as many times as I thought he would. Yep. I think maybe he was playing it a little bit uh, conservatively early on because it's an international game. But yeah, he was very. Ange was very happy with him. Yeah, well, he said yep. that. But I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from both fullbacks going forward. I think maybe that's one area we, we might have uh, lacked a little. But having said that, you know, for all that, and Jednak was a, had a very nervous uh, first uh, twenty minutes. Absolutely, but for all the, the the issues that you know, we might have preferred to see Jason going through a bit more forward, and even his on goal potential. Um, 
once we'd got that out of the way, I never had that nervousness mm, mm. that I normally have with Carney there, or even with Zulu there, to be honest. I did feel like this is a man who knows his position mm. and is always in, virtually always, in the right position. It's a family tradition. Well, Kev, yeah, I, mean, I, I genuinely, you know, I, I, I haven't been completely convinced by Jason Davidson, but last mm. night, despite the own goal, he actually convinced me that he really he could be the solution. An despite the potential on yes. goal, sorry. Um, he really could be uh, could be the yeah. answer. Yeah, uh, and, and he, he, at his age, it's the long term solution. You would yeah, think with Zillow potentially being the, the second left back. Yeah, um, which is exciting. Yeah, I do wish we'd ever had, we'd had the chance to get Josh Rose in uh, properly integrated into that left back mm. position. Uh, That's probably that ship's probably sailed. I think it has, unfortunately. Mariner's pun there, but um, shall we give? Uh, let's Lucas finish off with Lucas. Yeah, the last word as uh, captain. Here's what he had to say to Edo after the game. Yeah, delighted. Uh, delighted for all the guys. Um, very spirited team performance tonight. We worked very hard in training this week, trying to um, absorb Andrew's philosophy. And I thought in uh, large parts of the game tonight, we executed that plan very well. There's always room for improvement, uh, but I think we've set a very good standard now. And uh, we have to build on that because time is against us. Performance. It was excellent. It was solid. Um, defensively, we were very compact. We didn't give. They're a good team, and we didn't give them much opportunity. They had one shot all game, and that was off target, which is always pleasing as a defender. Uh, but I think we nullified all their threats and played some very good combination fo- football when we got the ball. And it was only a matter of time. And uh, I think Timmy's goal capped off a very good team performance tonight. Yeah, stood up again, Timmy. When- he was Say again? Timmy stood up again with the goal. Yeah, he tonight it was his night um, to, to be the, the goal scorer, the winner. Uh, but I think the, the credit has to go to everybody in the team, even the guys that didn't play, because we've worked so hard this week uh, to try and set a really good standard and to try and uh, buy into Andrew's philosophy, and I think, I think it worked really well. Lucas, how would you sum up this week after the game and the week that you've had? Very pleasing. Um, Definitely a positive start for Ange Postacoglu's uh, career as a Socceroos manager. A little bit, yeah, always room for improvement, but I think we can all go away um, knowing that we've done ourselves proud. Um, we've got you know, that fight for the jersey, we're very spirited, and it's exciting times. And everybody's uh, got competition now for places, and uh, it's going to be interesting in the next six months. Was there a little bit of reaction to the crowd at the end of the game? The sideline side commentator on ABC seemed to think yeah. they were throwing some things at you. Throwing? Oh, like just a... Oh, I'll pass it, OK. Who knows? Next question. Do you feel better about our World Cup prospects tonight than, say, four, five, six weeks ago? I've always believed in us as a nation. Uh, we've got six months now to prepare. Um, it's exciting. Everybody knows you don't need much motivating to go to a World Cup. And um, I'm sure there's going to be 40 guys all jumping up and down with their hand up, wanting to perform well at domestic level to try and get that opportunity and get inside Ange Postacoglu's head to be part of that. And that was uh, Lucas Neal uh, having the final word on the Socceroos without swearing at us, which is always good. Um, we'll be back in the second half. Well, second bit, because it's uh, this is turning into a bit of an epic. Uh, with uh, a wrap-up of the A-League and having a look at the weekend ahead. Uh, we shall speak to you shortly. Welcome back. Here we are, part 
two of the podcast, which uh, is now moving into A-League mode, having mm. disposed, dispatched of the Socceroos uh, as swiftly and uh, clinically as they did Costa Rica last night. Mm. Um, we'll, just to save time, and because at least two of the games were two of the worst games in A-League history, we're going to gloss over last weekend's games with just a quick brief roundup and the implications of them uh, before having a look at the games coming up this weekend. First cab off the rank last weekend was uh, the other uh, Sydney-Melbourne derby, Sydney Hart. Uh, what did you make of that? Well, I, I might as well have a swing at this one. Um, <laughs> uh, Kev, look, briefly, uh, Melbourne Hart. Um, uh, firstly, Rob Vilart, their defender. This is the second week in a row uh, that, uh, you know, on the free-to-air game as well. It's been his mistake that's cost a goal. So they really need to look at his performance. It's Melbourne Hart players with EL on the surname. Mm. Nothing but trouble for them. Cool injury. Engelar, injury. Vilar, mm. giving away goals. I haven't There's looked, a at, it. In there for I haven't looked at it that way, but... Uh, a lesson in there. Uh, for Melbourne Hart, David Williams is one of the few players who's actually having a crack. Um, the problem that they have is that the, no matter what John is saying at the moment, it's not getting through to the players now for, for whatever reason. I don't blame John Aloisi. I blame the club for appointing such an inexperienced coach. Yeah. And I use the, the analogy of Phil Moss, who began coaching his career, his coaching career some 10, 12 years ago uh, at, at Northern Spirit as a youth team coach and then going through the state leagues and then going under Arnie in the A-League. That's what I call, you know... Uh, a young coach coming through. I think John's been given the job way too soon. I agree. I agree. I was thinking. I said, don't blame him. I was thinking exactly the same thing during the week. It, you know, he could yet still be a great coach. Yes. But he's going to be tainted by this experience, yes. and uh, tainted by his his reputation will be tainted by his results. Uh, and yeah, I do. I, I blame the the heart board. They should have kept him on as an assistant. Milicic possibly was a better option with a bit more experience. Mm. Uh, and as a result of them choosing Aloisi, they lost Milicic to go up to uh, Wanderers, so they lost the experience that he could have offered. Uh, it was a fundamentally bad decision. But and also, unfortunately for John, he doesn't have a very, very experienced uh, second coach with him. He's got Hayden Fox, who's a good, again, a good young coach, but these guys need an experienced hand beside them. So I blame the club. I don't blame the coaches in this situation. Just a quick word on Sydney FC. Uh, it looks like they finally figured out how they're going to play football, and, and there was a lot of times in that first half where they actually looked like a team that knew how to play, and they could they play some great stuff. I have. A, I'm, this is one of these things I'm probably going to live to regret, but I think Sydney might just have turned the corner. I think this could be the start of their season. No, it's just been a delayed start. They've finally got gelled. It's going to be interesting to see what this new striker brings to them. Uh, Despotovic. Mm. Uh, Ranko Despotovsky. Yeah, one of could those. Be, could be Bobby. Could be relative to Bobby. But um, um, can I also just say Ali Abbas at left back I thought was outstanding and he battled through the game and he, he played in a number of different positions. What a great player he's turning out to be. Yeah, he's, he's Mr. Versatility because he was playing very well up front on the left wing uh, yeah. just a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, it's interesting to see him developing and uh, slotting into roles as Farina requires him. Um, it's all there destined to be in trouble though with Thiago possibly even today by the time this mm. podcast is finished uh, Thiago could be out for a long time after laying his hands mm. on the ref the week before but also Sydney in this game against Hart were missing two defenders as you see Thiago Calvani and also Mark Warren as well so they came in with a, another rejig version but by gee they just looked like they knew what they were doing <laughs> mm, yes two, lose two defenders play better 
wonder mm. if there's a lesson in there somewhere. Leave Frank Farina to work that one out. Saturday. Saturday, we had uh, Perth Glory and Adelaide United. I actually watched this one. Uh, and because I am a huge Perth Glory fan, quietly. Uh, and but I'm also an Adelaide United Joseph Gumbo fan, so uh, my divi- my loyalties were divided in this one, and uh, almost true to form, it was a one-one draw. Uh, I liked everything I saw, but it was a very hot day, so I don't think we saw the best of either side, to be honest. But Gallus got a, a run out at last, uh, which was good, even though he really was struggling in that heat. Well, I think Ali summed it up after the end of the game. It should never have been played. I mean, who's whoever's thinking 2.30 in the afternoon in Perth in November is a good idea. Uh, needs to have a sit-down and a good think about why they do their, their, do their job. Yeah, I think that I can think of a particular executive producer in Fox Sports in Sydney who probably thought that was a good idea. However, moving swiftly on, Muzza, we love you. Um, Western Sydney Wanderers. Western Sydney Wanderer, the other other Melbourne Sydney mm. derby that was on that weekend. Uh, Wanderers and victory in quite quite terrible conditions. That reminded me so much of being back home in Scotland. That was miserable, mm. miserable weather. Not really that great a game either. I, I don't know. I thought it wasn't too bad, Kev. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I mean, it sounds a bit of a cliche, but they did play the conditions rather well. I thought. Yeah, given under that, the circumstances. I mean, yeah. the the deluge was extraordinary before the game. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. Uh, topped only by the Newcastle game shortly yes. afterwards. Um, who were your standouts for in the Wanderers victory game? You know, I'll just, you know, Labby Haliti for me. I mean, that in and out and then and just getting around the defender was just awesome. Yeah, yeah, I must agree. Uh, that was my, my choice as well. Um, but, yeah, it was a solid match and uh, enough to put Western Sydney Wanderers on top, I believe. But what's going on with, with victory, Kev? Because I don't think they're playing too badly, but they've lost a couple of games on the spin now under Muskie. Um, I, think they, I think it's essentially the same team, yeah. playing the same way. And I thought they dominated the first half. It's the new coach. It's the opposite of the new coach rebound because it's not a new coach. It's There's the, got to be a word for that, Kev. I know. We're going to have to come up with something. If you can hit us up with Twitter with your suggestions, we'd like a, an opposite of the new coach rebound. Bounce back ability reversed. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the old coach uh, and it's it's losing the old coach. Reverse bounce. Yeah, reverse ferret. I don't know. Uh, we'll we need to, we need to come up with something. But yeah, I think that's a, the, the underlying problem is... Kevin Musket, it, I, I tell you what it's like from my perspective as a journalist. If I'm writing a story and my computer crashes and I have to, it's lost the story and I have to start the story all over again, I will torture myself trying to get it as good as it was the first time and it will never be as good as it was the first time and I will spend forever trying to tweak it, trying to remember exactly what I had word for word. And I think this is what Muskie is trying to do. He's trying to remember what post, what, Ange, what Ange would have done and do it instead of doing it just in his own style. Fresh, whatever works for him, go for it. Stand or fall by your own decisions. Two uh, words, Kevin, back up. Um, you know, back up all your work every time you do it. You know, because, you know, <laughs> yes, you yes. Know, it, it will help this situation. And Muskie I, I ha- needs to have an Ange backup. I actually have ten different backup plans on-site, off-site. 
but not for live action words copy as I'm writing it, unfortunately. But I don't think it's a lot. Uh, look, if, if Archie had scored as well, and we can't forget Archie missed an absolute sitter, um, they were really on top in the first half, but they didn't take the chances. And like Wanderers do pretty much all the time, they just absorb and they hit you when they do. And Labby's, Labby Haliti's just that beautiful movement to, to get rid of Leia was just an outstanding piece of skill setting it up for Bridge to score but um, yeah great scenes at Wonderland it wasn't a full house thing was it I mean I've had people on Twitter ask me about this 15 or 16,000 on yeah. a day that even ducks weren't going out so you know I don't think anybody can decry the lack of effort uh, it was uh, a sterling crowd very very brave souls there as far as I was concerned uh, which was also the case up in Newcastle, where if uh, Parramatta was wet, Newcastle was absolutely soaking. They were playing in puddles at times. Uh, the ball was going nowhere. Uh, that was a, a pretty tough match to be part of. And uh, I think also in terms of uh, another season being in turnaround, Newcastle Jets. Mm. Gary Van Egmond's finally finding uh, his right combinations mm. of players and getting performances out of them. And also, I think in those conditions, you can't play a lot of possession-based football. I think they were a lot more direct and a lot more energetic as well. And I think Taggart kind of epitomises this new energy to the team. Um, it's less about possession-based football. It's more about being effective and fast and quick, playing a kind of almost like an Ange uh, style of football, but a little bit more direct. And uh, it's clearly working. And it could have been 3-1 had Bernsey not missed... Uh... Well, I mean, there was... Uh, a few blunders in the Brisbane back line that attempts to, to play it out in oh. appalling conditions mm. where the ball was just getting stuck in the water uh, giving Jets all sorts of opportunities they shouldn't have until Tiger pounced on mm. his and uh, slammed at home in spectacular fashion. And what's it about tags and his clothes? Because we've got, still got his tracksuit pants in the office here. <laughs> right. And he takes his shirt off as well. And I didn't see the shirt come again for a while. I don't know where it, <laughs> it, don't, don't know where it landed. Could have been a second backup strip that you had to wear for the rest of the match. Uh, but no, that, that was a beautiful goal. And, you know, yeah. uh, is And just... he's really, this dink that he's getting over the keeper, he did it in Adelaide as well. He's mm. really perfecting that little dink over the keeper, isn't he's, he? He's, you know, potential, but we... We interviewed Did I hear the word Bolter uh, coming through? There was, there was almost a Bolter being um, uh, pronounced there. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, somebody to bear in mind if we're looking for options up front uh, yeah. come Brazil time. Yeah. I love the way the, the Jets are pressing as well, really hard and fast. Um, and yeah, just slightly different type of approach to their football now. Yeah. And it uh, suits the players. Yeah, and you know, I think getting a result against Brisbane Roar, even at home, even in those shocking conditions, that's no easy feat. Mm. Uh, even even with a Roar that's, that's um, you know, got two, three key players yeah, out. Yeah. Still a great I result. I still think it's a, it's a great result and Roar are a great team. We're going to take a qu- very quick break and then we're going to come back with an qu- even quicker preview of the next round. Just as soon as I can find the button. Here we go. And we're back. We're back. Well, hey. And uh, we're going to now finish the podcast, 442 FM's podcast, with uh, a preview of this weekend's games. And we start on Friday night with a free-to-air game on SPS2 and HD. Got the plug in there. Um, Brisbane Sport- Raw. Magazine's pa- pa- partner, SBS. Yes, it is. 
Um, Brisbane Raw hosting Western Sydney Wanderers in a top-of-the-table clash. Cannot wait. Last time it was one of these games, I couldn't wait, and it was a bit of a disappointment. That was the Victory Raw game. I've got a feeling this is going to be pretty special. Hersey is due to be back for this game. Will Speranovic play again for a third week in a row? I'm not sure. It's, I mean, it's Very like, interesting, it's, isn't it? These are big calls that Popovich is making. You know, this, this isn't just a defender he's dropping. It's yeah. his captain yeah. uh, and long-standing veteran. Uh, I mean, I, my heart goes out to Beachy, to be honest, because he, he's just had a history of this with every club he's gone to, where you know he's put in a, a sterling effort and then suddenly found himself on the bench uh, for mm. no good reason. As far well, as I call I can him Megzi, I don't call him Beachy. I call I, him Megzi. I, I know you do, and I know most other people do as well. But Beachum's Beachum people are Beachies to me. Uh, it's like the East and West, isn't it? It is. It is tomato, tomato. Here yeah. we go. Uh, in terms of the, the match itself, though, it's going to be so tight, I think. Uh, it's interesting. I'm just looking at my uh, betting options and my tips on uh, Fox Sports' tipping site, and 65 points for Brisbane Roar, 69 points for Western Sydney, or 66 points for a draw. I don't think I've seen a match that closely no. uh, aligned in the points ratio. Uh, it's it's just it literally is too close to call. Mm. I, I personally think it's probably going to end up a draw. Yeah, I agree, uh, and I think Franich coming back from the Socceroos, he's going to back up after a full game for the Socceroos. But of course, they still have Mac Mackay coming in, who played just uh, I think about ten or fifteen minutes from just memory. A so, roll. Yeah, so he'll be fresh. I think Franich might be the question mark there, but gee, it's 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 tight. Barisha could be back as well potentially, um, and this is going to be another big crowd as well. And I think this particular round we're going to see a return to some really big crowds. Just looking at some of the other games as well. Uh, yeah. We've had a little bit of drop-off due to the rain, of course, but... And um, also I think some unattractive uh, matches yeah, and a four-round exactly. ma- four-game round, mm. rather. Um, I think the other thing that uh, Wanderers are really going to suffer for is the lack of Tommy Urich. He was a missing ingredient for me, as I've mm. said many times in the past, uh, for Wanderers last season, and coming in this season, I really... He was already scoring goals. I could see him going on to score a lot more yeah. with him not there. Santalab is, you know, he's a backup option, but I still don't feel he's anything like the striker that Urich uh, is for my Would money. he play Labby from the start and bring Santalab on? Possibly, but, you know, either. Uh, and I, I, I'm a great admirer of what Labby does, but I still don't think they've got a replacement for Urich in terms no, they of don't. potential no, they, don't. they don't have a like for like certainly no. in the squad unless there's somebody in the youth team but I think that's a big stretch so they have to play a slightly different way when Tommy's not playing and I think he's out for another two or three weeks at least so. yeah I think that could end up being almost open ended yeah, yeah, very sad. But look, I'm going to tip a draw as well. Um, just very interested to see how, how long uh, Franich lasts, given that he looked pretty pretty uh, spent at the end of the soccer game. He worked really hard. He did. Yeah. In tough conditions. I'm going to tip a draw as well, a 1-1 or a 2-2. Um, that's the only Friday night game, of course. Saturday, three really big games. Sydney FC and Wellington start the evening. Um, I think it's a 5.30 kickoff at Allianz against Wellington Phoenix. This f- fixture last year, Kev, uh, from memory, I think, Del Piero scored four goals, am I right? Oh, I think you're right. Yes, I'd forgotten about yeah. that. Yeah. Wellington are on the back of two World Cup qualifiers for a number of their players. In fact, later today we're going to watch the, the second leg. Um, it's hard to see Sydney not being able to take three points, Kev. If you look at the way they're playing and, and also the, the, the players that are going to be, uh, I guess, fairly fatigued in the Wellington side, I, on paper. I would agree. I, I, I think uh, Sydney have got uh, the tails up and... Uh, Everything is going their way again all of a sudden. They've mm. still got a few players out with injuries, but they're gradually coming back into the fold. Uh, 
And yeah, uh, given that Phoenix are going to be under strength and uh, exhausted, probably it's hard to see Sydney not doing. If if they don't do mm. themselves justice here, the pressure is going to be right back on Frank. I think even after two wins, in they the should get the result here. But you know, only Merrick's proven himself to be a very uh, wily character this year. I'm looking forward to seeing how he tries to um, uh, view this situation. I would imagine he's probably going to get a, a very warm reception from the Cove as well when he walks out. As the former victory boss. I like Carlos Hernandez. Exactly. There you go. Um, Lucas Neal will probably pop up in less than why they're booing him again. <laughs> it's hard to tip uh, a Wellington victory here. I'm going to tip a Sydney win too, or maybe even 3 1. Yep, I think uh, probably go with both of those as well, to be mm. honest. Two, certainly 2 0, I reckon, for Sydney. That takes us into a really big game. Another El Clasico. Yeah. How, yeah. How do we have... We're only in round six, seven, six, seven. And we've already got a second El Clasico. Some interesting scheduling. Well, I think, that, I mean, this is, we're going into the second sort of phase of, um, you know, games. So they've already played Adelaide in round two. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's round two that they was played. Was it round two? Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was more recent than that. Yeah. But, uh, Fair enough. Um, uh, El Clasico's aside, this is this 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 again. This has got to be a great game to watch. Yeah. Big crowd as well at Melbourne. Interestingly, Adelaide seem to be the uh, the underdogs. In fact, rank outsiders on this one. Uh, Sportsbet are offering four dollars twenty on them, while Melbourne Victory are uh, one dollar seventy five favourites. And even in the uh, a Fox Sports tipping uh, point scale, thirty five points for Melbourne Victory, eighty eight for Adelaide United. Mm. I don't agree with any of that, to be honest. I don't agree on it on form, on players, on playing style. I, even though it's Adelaide playing in Melbourne, which you know don't necessarily have the best track record, I think it's going to be tighter than these figures suggest. This will be really important. Kevin Musket will be looking at this game and saying, "This is the you know I've had two games away from home. I need to win the same game." This, this is, is the cosy throttle yeah, game for him. Yeah, it's it's vital. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to tip this one, but Mills is coming back into the team. Again, like Franich, he played pretty much a full game. Correct me if I'm wrong, I think he did play a full game, and he was outstanding as well, Milligan. Um, uh, can't wait. Yeah, tip. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Adelaide United. Ooh, I'm interesting. I'm going to reverse the trend of everybody else and back the Reds. I'm going to go for 2-2 draw, so Muskie's going to still be waiting for his first win as coach. He has already had a win, but yeah, not first in this. Game, first game was his win, wasn't was it? it? I think so, yeah. Pretty sure he maintained his 100% record. Yeah, I think it was Wellington, was it? Something like yeah. that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's had two losses on the road, two, two key games. This is the one that he needs to win at home, I think. Um, yeah, I'll go for a 2-2 draw for this one. And the evening is uh, finished off with Perth Glory hosting Central Coast in uh, the first game in charge for Phil Moss. Yeah, it's going to be a step up for him. Uh, Mossy's Mariners. Mossy's Mariners. Uh, Moss the boss, um, <laughs> as we had on the headline during the week. Uh, no, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that one unfolds, I think, to be honest. I'm, I'm not sold as it being a great thing, but I know that behind the scenes a lot of work's been going on into making Moss the perfect man for the job when Arnie left as there was uh, an inevitability about that at the time um, well, that's a good thing I think that the, the plan for these oh I agree I agree I mean it's, it's quite AFL thinking to be honest mm. but uh, you know it, it 
builds up the culture of a club uh, and the you know the identity of a club that you have that coming through mm. of uh, new young well new talent mm. uh, to take the the reins that understands how the club works operates and what it stands mm. for so that, that that's a good thing although we're yet to see how he really goes in in the heat of battle when he has to make decisions that can change games and again you know it goes back to what we said before Mossy was the nice guy to Arnie's uh, bad cop uh, mm. and now that Arnie's gone Mossy has to be the bad cop and everybody knows him as the good cop yeah uh, that is always and the it, issue it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one to overcome mm. uh, you can still try and be the nice cop uh, but you're not necessarily going to have the I think discipline. you've always got to fear your manager I think always. so yeah. yeah I think so interesting this game look it's hard to tip again but uh, look I think Perth might just get something out of this game I'm actually going to tip a Perth win yeah uh, I'm going to go for a Perth win as well actually I'm going to go uh, I think it'll be tight though, 2-1 go the glory and uh, the round is finished off on Sunday the 24th. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Kev, but Sunday the 24th is two days after your new car comes. Will you be in Newcastle for the game against Melbourne Heart? I will not, because it's also two days after my new Xbox comes, so I'm probably not going to leave my living room. Newcastle versus Melbourne Heart, though. Yeah. You're going to watch it? I will probably watch it, or I will play it on FIFA 14 on my Xbox One. How to tip this one, Sponsored by EA Sports. I reckon... Uh, <laughs> Chris Bowden, send me games. <laughs> you guys Honestly, Kev, have a word with yourself. <laughs> Hello to Bowden, by the way, if you're listening. Love your work. Um, yeah, uh, Jets on a roll. Hart, not on a roll. Hart uh, historically have uh, struggled on the road. Um, you'd be a madman to tip Melbourne Hart. I think you Are would, you a madman? You would be actually clinically insane to back Melbourne Heart. Clinically? Clinically a big insane. call, Kevin. I, it is the new test for insanity. Would you back Hart against Jets at Hunter Stadium? Mm. It's a very simple test, and it works. There's no, it's not going to happen. Jets are going to win. And I'm going to say <laughs> 3-0. Tags to score? Yes. I think it might even be a hat trick mm. with a, at least one Heskey assist. Yeah, look, it's, when and Burns will miss again. Mm. I tell you, if Melbourne Heart can win this game, Kev, if they can win this game, they'll reverse. It's like reversing <laughs> the uh, the sun. You know, you just—it just seems so unlikely. But you never know. It's yeah. football. Kiel could be back. I'm told. Um, Seriously? Yeah, it could be possibly, possibly playing. Like, they need something. Jeez. Um, yeah, I. I, but I will tip the not, jet. Not entirely. I'll, uh, I'll tip a Merriweather Surf House breakfast victory for this one. So, are you going up for it? Uh, I'd like to. Uh, I thought a friend of mine had a car that was going to drive up, but obviously that situation may have changed due to something. But look, uh, Jets two or three one. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll stick with my three nil. Mm. And uh, big crowd as well. Really building up there. You think? Uh, what, what would you reckon you'd be looking at? Ten thousand. Ten to fifteen, I think. Yeah. Also, Q Jalians is uh, suspended, though, so we'll we'll see a change. He's in an defense. interesting player, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's fiery. We like that. Oh, I like good. a bit of fire. Yeah, well, that's pretty much it for four for two FM. The post Socceroos era has kicked off, and we will be back next week with more four for two FM. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.